everyone. My name is Dr. Kim Bissell, and I'm the Director of Undergraduate Research and the Director of the Emerging Scholars Program, a program designed to get undergraduate students involved in research early in their academic careers. Like the rest of the world, operations here at the University of Alabama had to pivot when we were in the middle of the COVID-19 health crisis. Part of that pivot involved shifting from face-to-face -face interviews with research faculty at UA to recording those interviews in a podcast format. So each week, you'll hear from a different host, a student in our Emerging Scholars Program, or one of our research ambassadors, and you'll hear more about the amazing research going on across campus. Believe me, none of this is going to be boring. You would be amazed at the research going on across colleges and departments. Tune in each week for a new conversation about the very cool research going on right here at the University of Alabama. Hi, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Allison Rhodes, and my partner, Shana Tolan, and I interviewed Professor Brandon Kim, a biological professor at the University of Alabama. Professor Kim's research focuses on pathogens and how they are able to subvert the blood-brain barriers, defenses, and gain access to the central nervous system. He has studied microbiology for years and has such a passion for it. We are excited to share with you the talk we had. Hello? Is it working all good? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Okay, so we're going to get started off today. So how long have you been a faculty member at University of Alabama? Um, since August 2020, so just a couple months. Oh, okay. So how did you start your research here? Like what, what led it to like you thinking everything and that you wanted to do your research? Yeah, so um, I've been kind of building this research program for a number of years. Um, my research kind of spans the, a gap between the microbiology world and kind of the neurobiology and blood-brain barrier world. And so I don't know, kind of at towards the end of my PhD, um, I was in a very microbiology heavy lab and I went to present this work at more of a brain conference and, you know, everyone was really kind of interested, but they, you know, looked at my work and they're like, Hey, you know, we have much better models than what you're using. What, what I realized was that microbiologists used the blood brain barrier as a way to make their research more sexy, let's say. Yeah. Blood-brain barrier people were using just molecules to model pathogens, not actually the pathogens. And so there was this interesting niche that could fill. And so I've actually been kind of trying to fill that gap through a number of different postdoc positions, one at Wisconsin and one at the University of Würzburg in Germany. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'll be getting to be researching, uh, continuing here. I'm still in the process of setting up the lab, so. Yeah. Um, so what is one piece of research that you are the most proud of that you found in your years of researching? I think one of the coolest things is um, the models that we're using. We're, we're, in, we're now using models that um, better mimic the blood-brain barrier, the human blood-brain barrier. And these models are derived from induced pluripotent stem cells, actually. And so we take these stem cells and we differentiate them into blood-brain barrier. And what's cool about this is we can begin to ask questions that other models just simply can't ask. The blood-brain barrier is so unique 
that a lot of the other model systems just don't have those unique properties. And so some of the, the most interesting stuff we're doing is we're essentially asking what is, what about these unique properties at the blood brain barrier fail to protect the brain during infection with certain pathogens. And so that's funny. That's you just said that I was just going to ask you, since you mentioned in your studies that the blood brain barrier is such a huge organ within the body and uses about 20% of our nutrients and oxygen. So why do you think it has such trouble not being like being compromised by all these diseases? Yeah. So, you know, my, my work focuses primarily on bacterial meningitis. And so I'm interested in how bacteria are able to subvert these host defenses. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting question because there are a lot of, a number of bacteria that can be present in the blood but not all of them cross the blood brain barrier. And so what, what I think is interesting is about like understanding why these defenses fail with these certain pathogens and not others. Did that answer the question? Right. Cause I was just thinking you would expect it to be one of the most healthiest parts of the body too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so it turns out some of these pathogens are able to um, directly impact some of the things that help define the blood-brain barrier as the blood-brain barrier. And when those particular um, unique attributes fail, then, then you can have disease. Perfect. Awesome. Um, so moving on to just like your past experiences, what other kind of research have you done? Where have you been? What kind of companies or universities have you been to? So um, I actually started off my... Uh, my college career, I guess, at San Diego State. Um, I did some research as an undergrad with some protein engineering. Um, I stayed in San Diego for my PhD, where I started um, looking at a lot of microbiology-related topics um, and blood-brain barrier, um, where, where we were using um, different techniques to identify new factors that the bacteria possess that might allow this interaction. And then I did a first postdoc at Wisconsin where, um, in actually the engineering department there, where they were the first to actually derive brain endothelial cells or blood brain barrier from the stem cells. And so there I was the first to be able to, um, demonstrate that their model is useful, quite useful actually to study infectious diseases. And then, you know, one of the, one of the really interesting uh, benefits of the stem cell model is that it's human-based. These are human cells. And so um, a challenge with modeling some other pathogens uh, is that there's no good animal models. And so right. to apply our model to a human-specific pathogen. And so for that, I went to the University of Würzburg in Germany, um, where I began modeling with an important human pathogen at the blood-brain barrier that just simply doesn't have good animal mouse models such as mice. And now I'm here, so. Yeah, so what made you after San Diego, like what made you want to really get into microbiology? Oh man. Um, or was that you know, always I, just in your heart, you knew that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, you know, I had a really fantastic uh, microbiology professor at, at San Diego State who really inspired me to like, get into it. And I was fortunate enough to join her lab for uh, my PhD work. And so, you know, that's kind of what got me into micro. Yeah. 
So what would you say, since you just mentioned how much your teacher inspired you, what would you say as for kids like us who are first freshmen, first starting out and wanting to get into research, what would your be like your best advice to us? Uh, start early. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I got into a lab until my fourth year as an undergrad, fourth out of, out of five. Um, and, you know, it's something that I knew once I started in a lab that I could just I could do that because it was really fun. Uh, going to lab felt like I was playing in the lab more than research. And so it felt more like playing than work. Um, but that's not everybody's experience, right? right. And so I think it's important to get into a lab, try it early. And if research isn't for you, you'll find out right away. If research is for you, you'll also know that about yourself right away too. So, Right. So... You said you were in Germany for a while. What was your favorite part about Germany? Oh, we just man. thought it was really cool that you got to go over and study in Germany compared to a lot of professors. Yeah, you know, th there were so many great things about Germany. Um, I think that it was really cool, um, you know, being part of a totally different system um, and, you know, looking at research from a very different perspective, I, I'll say. And um, the favorite part about Germany was just, you know, everything was just so different. And it was, I don't know, a little refreshing at times and a little bit taxing at other times. Yeah. But the fact that just everything was so different from the work to like the commute, like I'm taking a train every day. Um, Would you say you the atmosphere for you to be able to do your work was a lot better? Um, it definitely gave me a lot more independence because I had my own my own grant funded by the German government there. And so I was I essentially wasn't even like studying under somebody per se. It was more of like they were just hosting me as like a visiting scientist. And so I, I had, you know, a lot of freedom to kind of explore questions that I was interested in rather than having like a direct mentor, for example. Oh, Yeah. Um, so then what brought you, if you were so, if you really loved Germany, what ended up bringing you to UA? Oh, man. Well, the goal was to, to try to come back to the United States at some point. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> I applied to a number of positions um, all over Europe and the U.S. and had a number of offers. But uh, Bama UA, stuck out to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. You know, there were a couple things that really... Um, motivated my my coming to Alabama one was the the students the students here compared to some of the other places were just phenomenal and you know I wanted to be in an atmosphere where I can interact with students of that caliber um, another one was the department itself the department um, is quite diverse in biological sciences and there's a lot of really cool other professors here doing research that can either complement my research or we can complement each other. And, um, you know, I think that collaborative potential is really important in science. And, you know, I wanted to come to a place where um, that was that was an option where it would be fun to do. Yeah, actually, the other day, my biology professor, um, Dr. Heinrich, uh -huh. he was saying, he was like, I got to sit in at one of his lectures and it was one of the most amazing things. And he was just bragging on about you. And he just made me so excited to come and talk to you. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's like, you should mention my name. 
Yeah, Dr. Heinrich is awesome. We're, we're working on a couple little projects together as well. So he, he's, he's great to work with. Oh, so, what kind you know, of projects are you guys working on? Um, so, you know, during- If you don't mind me asking, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no problem. This doesn't have anything directly to do with my particular research, but it, it kind of fell in my lap. And I thought that um, Dr. Heinrich would have a lot of great experience and perspective on it. So essentially, um, this summer, of course, due to COVID, a lot of things got really messed up. And one of the things was that our conferences that happen each summer were canceled. And so, you know, we missed out on the opportunity for our scientific field to really get together and talk about research. And, you know, for me, it would, be, it would have been really cool to do some recruiting for students and postdocs and things. But um, what I ended up doing was having to... Well, me and two other professors from Kentucky, we decided that we would put together a virtual seminar series to kind of stand in place of the conferences that were canceled. And um, this ran all summer into this into September. And we thought we would get, you know, something like 300 people signing up, something around the same attendance as the conferences themselves. Um, but instead, we ended up having something like 1,300 people sign up from all over the world, and it really just kind of blew up. And we had the idea that it would be interesting to compare, you know, the reach that we could get with a virtual seminar series compared with some of the in-person conferences that happened years before in 2019 and 2018. And so what we're working on is we're looking at comparing the rosters from some of those previous meetings to the virtual meetings and um, kind of assessing what the reach is. And, you know, it could potentially inform other conferences that maybe it would be worth offering a virtual option or not, or this or that. One of, one of, the, most, one of the most that comes out right away is that the in-person conferences are probably like 50 to 60% attended by professors where students and postdocs and junior people, you know, are, I guess, underrepresented at these meetings. Whereas the virtual meeting, it's dominated by students and postdocs. Professors only make up something like 30% of the attendance. And so it's really great to have, you know, so many um, young faces and everybody yeah. getting out there and wanting to be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. So we just have some fun questions to ask you now to like, just have some fun with it. <laughs> so sure. What is your favorite thing to do outside of school and research? Oh, man. Um... <laughs> I know. What a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll say that it, it changes with each location. I'm, I'm a big sailor. Um, so I... In San Diego, of course, I sailed a lot. Um, in Germany, obviously not a ton of sailing. Yeah, um, exactly, yeah. Um, but I, I did play lacrosse in college. No and, way. I, yeah. actually, I played lacrosse. I still play lacrosse, actually. You play for UA? Yeah, I do. That's that's awesome. We'll, we'll have to throw around sometime. Yeah, we will. Oh, wow. But um, in Germany, they had a... A lacrosse team for the whole city actually and so i was actually playing like semi-pro lacrosse for the bundesliga in germany <laughs> for Würzburg. oh wow that, that's uh, awesome I was, uh, <laughs> I 
And then, um, you know, now I'm trying to figure it out what, what the hobby is going to be here in, in T-Town since there's not a ton of sailing and there's a little bit of lacrosse, but nothing for like people my age, you know? Yeah, so. no, I get it. So while you were in Germany, what would you say is your favorite food and drink there? Oh, man. Um, you know, the schnitzel cordon bleu, it was pretty amazing. It's like, uh, so schnitzel is like, this like pounded flat pork that they like bread and fry and whatever else. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, chicken Parmesan in Italy, Yeah. but, but it's pork, but the cordon bleu, they put like a piece of cheese in it and then they fold it over and then cook it like that. And so you cut it and you get like this melted cheese inside. It, it's just amazing. Um, and drink, you know, I was in Northern Bavaria, so the beer was always great, but, um, you know, the area that I lived in was actually also like German wine country. And so they had some pretty good wines there as well. Oh, yeah. You got to go around and wine taste. Yep. And beer taste. It's Germany after all. <laughs> exactly. So last question, most important question. Are you a football fan? I am. And how do you feel about the LSU game being postponed? Oh, I think it's a real bummer. But uh, <laughs> do you, you think know. it's a hoax? <laughs> absolutely yeah no no I think that um you know having football this year is a blessing at all yeah. and you know, taking any and all precautions to make sure that these these kids I mean they're kids they're you know some of some of the players on college teams are like 18 to 22 years old right yeah that 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 they're staying safe and, you know, happy to have any bits of, of games going at any time. So. Exactly. Perfect. That is all the questions we actually have for you and you answered them all perfectly. We just wanted to say thank you so much for your time. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been great. Yeah, no problem. If you have any more, just shoot me an email. Happy to answer. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye.